This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Kathy, welcome to the Talking Joy podcast. I'm so glad that you're here to join me today and to uh, to talk about your work with uh, Nikki Elliott. Um, uh, she was on an earlier podcast where she told her story and about the work that she does with grieving parents or people that are grieving a loss. Um, and we'll talk about that word loss in a minute because uh, you didn't lose your son, Christopher, um, 17, 18 months ago. Um, uh, he just passed on to sort of like a, a, a different, he left his earth body. Um, and uh, I just thought that if you could start just telling us about your son, you know, he was really special and, and uh, sort of like one of those bright star people. Um, and I mean that from a sense that there are some people that just have this sort of essence or magic about them that we're drawn to. And, and, um, and he was one of, one of those people. And can you, can you tell me a little bit about your son? Uh, sure. Um, first of all, I'll just thank you. I'm, I'm just grateful and honored to be here. And um, I think that what you're doing is just so important in today's society especially now. So thank you for having me. Um, this is, Chris is one of my favorite topics to talk about because uh, he is a real gift. Um, and I'm just so, so grateful that he came into my life. And um, he was certainly a force when he was here physically, and he is still a force now. And he has proven over and over unequivocally, irrefutably, that he is still a very big presence in our lives. And that would be a whole other episode about all his signs and communication. So I'm just going to leave it at that, that he, you know, he proves to us every day that he's still with us. Mm. And um, that gives me so much strength. But he, um, to go back to your question, um, Chris, uh, he, he came here, I believe that he came here and did everything that he set out to do and went back home. And um, he packed more life into the, the 22 years that he was here than any 95 year old <laughs> that you wanna meet on the street. It was, he was on a mission. Um, and looking back, that was very, that is very clear to to me, my husband and my daughters now that he was on a mission. Um, he, we know he was an old soul. Um, I have so many stories, but he was just, he, he was just different than your typical, um, your typical child and your typical young adult. Like for instance, for spring breaks when he was in college, like he, you know, he would, he would organize trips to Appalachia to help build, um, homes for people experiencing homelessness. You know, all his friends were, you know, headed to Mexico and this is what he, he would do. Um, I could give a million examples like that. Um, one summer he lived in Columbus, Ohio for a medical clinic because he was pre-med. Um, he was pre-med at Notre Dame and he would go knocking on tents for people who did not have homes and offer free medical services to them. And th th these, are, these are the types of things that yeah. he would do. Um, More so, a purpose-driven life um, of, mm -hmm. of uh, sort of like mission work, it sounds like to me. Um, what was he like as a small child? So like, you know, he, he just came here filled with wisdom. And I, you know, I, at the time, I didn't, like, looking back, I feel like I can put a lot of the pieces together. But at the time, you know, Tom, my husband and I, Tom, we were like, wow, like, he would, he would just, he would teach us. <laughs> like, so, um, 
he would, he was always a big listener, not a big talker. Right. So he would listen and like an active listener, like really, really be concerned about what was going on, you know, at eight years old. And then he'd be quiet. And then he would say something like extremely profound. <laughs> I would be like, wow, like he's really, you know, a little, trying to like, learn how to do that my whole life. <laughs> exactly. He was just so wise. And he just taught me, he just taught us all so much. He taught us, he taught us how to live and, um, you know, how to, when he was going through his cancer, he, he taught us how to suffer, mm-hmm. how to do that. Um, you know, never once did he say, why me? Or not, not one time. Um, as a matter of fact, most of his friends didn't even know what he was dealing with. He, um, and he can, like, he just continues to teach us. So, and he was a runner. He was a big runner. Yes. And he loved nature, getting out in nature, um, you know, skiing, hiking, running, Anything that was outside, he was there. And he ran the New York City Marathon, didn't he, about two, maybe two or three years ago? He ran uh, the New York City Marathon about um, a year ago, about five months before he passed. Okay. And in like an amazing time and raised all kinds of money for um, Fred's team, which is um, raises money for uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering, where he was treated. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing all that, because I sort of just wanted to paint the picture um, for people listening that didn't know Chris, um, you know, as to what a what a uh, bright light and special, um, special gift he was to so many people. Um, and so Chris passed um, about 18 months. Is it 18 months now? It's 18 months today, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just realized that. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. Um, and, and as anybody listening can imagine, there is, you know, I think no other grief like the loss of a child. You know, you can never be prepared um, for that as great as he was. And, and even listening to you say he came with this purpose and did everything he was supposed to do. It still, um, you know, leaves us, well, Nikki calls it the great shattering. Mm-hmm. Um, would, would you agree with that statement that it's a shattering? A hundred percent like pain that pain after on top of pain, on top of pain that you feel, that you're just, you're never, you're never going to get through it. Yeah. Like you feel very hopeless. Hopeless. For a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you joined a grief group mm-hmm. um, locally to, mm-hmm. to where you live. And mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I joined um, a couple of different grief groups. I was searching, right, searching like how I can't I can't live the rest of my life like this. I have three daughters. I have a husband. I have a family, right? And I have friends and I people I need to be here for. And I just I can't. I got to figure out my way through this. And I, I you know actually I've never lost anybody. Uh, close to me, Pam, other than my grandparents and that was kind of like the natural order of things. Right. So I had this sense that, you know, my grandparents, they're in heaven, which is some really far away place, but you know, they're with angels and playing harps. (laughs) So, but like with Chris, that, that did not satisfy me, you know, so I had to figure this out. So um, the first thing I did was I joined some grief groups, which I think in the beginning do serve a purpose because um, you're, you're just, crying you're letting you know you're just grieving um but after a little while I was like this is you know I don't see any healing going on here I just see a lot of pain feeding and I just instinctively knew that well that could be great for some people that that was just not the route that was not the path that I wanted to take so that left me seeking something else. And I think that you were seeking even in the reaching out to to that first step of that group. And 
Nikki talked about this a little bit about going to a grief group and just sort of sobbing and, but then you're stuck there. It's sort of, there isn't this next level of moving out of it. Um, and you have to almost have that experience to know what you don't want. Uh, absolutely. I feel like you need to go through that and you need to see, you know, the mom who's 15 years out and, you know, still sobbing for the hour, like no joke. And think, oh gosh, you know, like I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. So um, that kind of drives you to find something else. Yeah. And what was that something else for you? Um, so it took some searching and um, connecting with people. And um, I guess about five months in, I did find Nikki and I, she has, she and her group have changed my life and, and in so many ways and not, and not when dealing with the grief and the healing, but making, you know, we really heal in community and grief can be so isolating. And um, I mean, I, you know, I have wonderful family and, fr and friends here in this community. Um, but when something like this happens, it just sets you on a different trajectory, you know, and you're, you're, you're just set apart and you're on a different path. And that those people, while they support you and are here for you, they're, they're just not on the same path. So it was... It's like an alcoholic needs to talk to another alcoholic in order to get sober. Because yeah. I, I haven't walked in those shoes. I don't know what that feels like. And so you have to almost, you know, find people that, that are in the same sort of, you know, experience, life experience that you're having. Right. And then exactly. And then even to further divide that in grief, there's, there are people who, who want to wear the cloak of grief for the rest of their lives. And they, they, you know, want to talk about it and, and not, not get better. Let's say that, you know, they want to go down the deep, dark pit and stay there. And then there's those that, you know, want to heal and move forward with their loved ones. Um, and then there's actually a third category of people who want to just, repress it, you know, slide it under the rug, um, spiritually bypass everything, not, not really feel the emotions. So can, can we just pause there for a second? Cause that's a really important thing that you just said, because I think, and, you know, and part of our, one of the reasons behind our conversation today is to demystify mm -hmm. a lot of the ways that we think, you know, we, we talked about that word loss, like you didn't lose Chris. Right. I so did not here. lose him. Right. And, to, we look to the woman in the community who shows this unbelievable, like a pillar of strength that she, you know, didn't even hiccup when she lost her husband. You know, we think, oh, look at her. But I say, oh, no, 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 no. It's the people who get under the covers and really grieve, mm -hmm. you know, and have that grieving experience, but then say, like you're saying, okay, enough of that. I've done mm -hmm. that. What, what's next? What's that next level that I can, that I can reach? And um, so that person who suppresses everything and doesn't really mm -hmm. process the grief, mm -hmm. we look at that person as if they're strong, but I, I think the person who's mm -hmm. strong is, is somebody who, like you, intelligently, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we went on air about, mm -hmm. you know, your right brain, left brain, and kind of wanting to um, have like some science behind behind, mm -hmm. behind everything. Um, but I think it's really important that it's okay to grieve. <laughs> yeah. It's so, well, it, it's such a huge part of the process, but you can't get stuck there or stay there. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I think that, well, I know our society, cause I've had it done to me. Like I know our society teaches us to, okay, you know, cry for a couple of days and then, you know, stiff up her lip and get yeah. back out there and, um, steps. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and you're sitting there like, really? Like, you know, um, I, I can't do this. And so what I loved about Nikki's approach is, um, and, uh, you know, real courage is facing your emotions and allowing them to, to steal her word, to shatter you, you know, over and over and over again, 
until your body just won't do it anymore because you have to exhaust, you have to exhaust the grief. Otherwise, you know, pent up grief can come out in all sorts of ugly ways, right? So, you know, it, that's true strength, you know, is shattering and rising again. And those are Nikki's words, shattering and rising until you just literally can't do it anymore. You, ha you have to allow your body to feel and process those emotions or you, you, you're not gonna heal. And your body will do that. And it, it, it will exhaust it. Like I'm telling you, Pam, over here, we cried, we cried for a year, okay? A year straight, we cried. And we went through a ton of Kleenex and um, we each would be crying at different times. And that was another important thing is that we were advised early on by Nikki just allow each other to feel their emotions. Like, don't be like, okay, like cheer up or, you know, you can provide some hope, but allow everybody to feel their emotions. Don't make them feel like they have to, you know, run up to their room and cry in private yeah. and support each other. And, and we did that. And I can say like halfway through the second year, we're, we are so much stronger. You know what the most important thing is that you just said over and over again in that whole um statement is you use the word we and this mm -hmm. isn't just a journey about you but your whole family you have you have three four, you have you know four kids i have four kids you have four kids <laughs> yeah and the healing is not just about kathy it's about no. it's about your whole family and that you just use the word we and you're not sending somebody off to their bedroom to cry with their tissues by themselves you're processing it and that's that's a really important part is that you're doing it as a community together, as a family? We are. We are absolutely doing it together. And before I met Nikki, we were we were tiptoeing around each other, you know. And what's um, mom going to be like today? Oh no! Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And and once my daughters understood, like, hey, if it's a, it's good if mom cries, let her cry. You know, let her let her get it out. This is good. Tears are healing. I found it interesting. I, I read once that the chemistry in um, tears of grief are actually different than the chemistry in, in regular tears. And that, isn't that fascinating? And they have a healing property to them. So the more you let them out, the more you will heal. Well, it's a, it's a physical release. You know, we forget we're so much in our heads all the time. Um, that there are so many different physical releases that we can do. You know, that's why mm. people say, oh, do you journal? And you're like, oh, I don't want to really write anything down. Well, when I write things down, it leaves my head. It comes down my arm, through my fingers, out the pen, onto the page, mm -hmm. and leaves my body. And it's the same thing with the tears, too. It's like, yeah, grief, there's an actual physical release. There is. There is. And then it actually levels you up to you shed another layer you, sh you just keep shedding layers and then you you rise higher so and then i mean that first year it's it's tough right because everybody's birth there's everybody's birthday there's chris's birthday there's the holidays there's thanksgiving <laughs> there's you, you know you turn around and in a family of six you know pretty much every other day is a is a special day, right? <laughs> so yeah, and you see them differently than you ever did before. I remember the first Mother's Day when I, I was younger, when my mom died, and I remember that first Mother's Day was like a month later, and I was like Mother's Day. Well, I had yeah. never even thought about it. It was really Mother's Day in the mm -hmm. past. Was like, are we going to you know to the beach for Mother's Day, or are we you know you know that kind of thing? And I saw it with completely different eyes. So yeah, those firsts, all those firsts that first year are um are really tough yeah really tough. and like a little just a little story about nikki um i had gotten through the holidays like you know last year uh you know okay you know it was a little little tough and i remember on new year's day i it hit me like a ton of bricks i don't i did not expect it i i guess i was thinking wow you know 2020 Maybe I knew that there'd be a lot to cry about in 2020. <laughs> so I am um, with the with the virus and all that. But I just I hit the couch and I I was just a ball of tears for seven hours. I never thought that anybody could cry for seven hours. I didn't know I had it in me. And I was supposed to have a call with Nikki that day. 
And I messaged her and I was like, I'm really sorry. I can't. And I barely knew her, Pam. Like we had kind we had known each other for like a few weeks. She coached me through that entire day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and encouraged me to keep letting it out, let it out. I will get better. It will subside. I'm here for you. Just, uh, you know, that's the kind of person that Nikki is, is that well, I she, think she describes that as cheering people on. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like what, what shifted in you? Like what, mm-hmm. what help did she offer that day? Okay. Well, was it that staying with somebody staying with you, you know, in the, in the, and you allowed it too, which I think you, you can't ignore that either. There's a grace mm-hmm. in that that you allowed her in, you know, oftentimes Mm -hmm. I find um, at least in my work that the very things that give us comfort, we resist when we need them the most. I I don't know why that's human nature that we do that, but like I have spiritual tools. I teach spirituality and Mm -hmm. you know, those very things that give me comfort. I run from when you're, you know, when, when you're in that place, that type of a place. Yes. Well, I think there was no escaping it. I mean, it was just, over me, you know, the, the grief, it was yeah. just so, so deep. And you were stew. she calls that the stew. You were stew. Yeah. Soup. <laughs> stew. Yeah. And I did not have, at that point, I did not have the tools that I have now. Um, and I, and I also, I was still in that stiff upper lip, you know, trying, you know, I did not want, I didn't want to cry. You know, I just didn't, it's, it's exhausting to cry like that. And then the next few days you're, you know, you're feeling depleted, but I, there was no choice here, you know, like it just was coming out and for her to encourage me, but also to throw in things like, you know, we are going to work on this. It's going to get better. Um, he's, Chris is right there with you. You know, he's right next to you. Um, those kinds of things. And yes, just to have the company of another of another human being who has gone through this experience That's and gotten and healed um, was very encouraging. Yeah. So. so she calls those bridge tools. Mm-hmm. So, so let's go back to you join a grief group and you see a mom across the room who's 15 years out and she's still sobbing her eyes out mm-hmm. like she was, you know, the day that it happened. And my guess is that she was never, that woman was never offered bridge tools. And so yeah. bridge tools are, are ways that we can climb ourselves. You know, I, I talk about the spiritual life a lot about steps, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm on, you know, I hit a plateau for a while and then, you know, have an awakening or an awareness about myself. And then I hit the next level, the next level, but mm-hmm. I'm not stuck in the basement anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm climbing, right. I'm climbing the stairs to, to a bigger awakening. Um, and those are bridge tools, you know, that, yeah. that bring you out of that. So tell tell me a little bit about bridge tools and, and how have mm-hmm. they helped you um, from that seven hours mm-hmm. on New Year's day. Right? Yeah. You had this mm-hmm. incredible human being that gave of herself and, and held your hand through that. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the tools that she offered? Because um, mm-hmm. she talks a lot about that, about offering you ways um, yeah. to climb that stairs. Yeah. Um, so that's a long answer, but I'll, I'll summarize it. Um, so basically there's nothing that she could have offered me at that, in that moment that was gonna, you know, you know, her in the beginning, the, the tool is to exhaust the grief. Yeah. is to let it out, let it out, let it out. Right. And, and in the meantime, I mean, I had been, um, I had been studying about the afterlife and I had been getting a lot of science, like a ton of science from Chris. So, you know, that, that's a gradual process and really only comes through experience, you know, that knowledge that he is there. So, so at that point, that's really all I had was exhausting the grief, but building up this relationship with Chris that I, that I treasure so much now, you know? Um, but after that, in the, in the times when you're not hysterically crying, which, you know, seven hours was not my typical, you know, <laughs> usually be an hour or two. Um, you are studying tool. I, I must have, Nikki offers private coaching and classes. 
and you are learning tools. You're learning how to tame your ego. You're learning how to connect with your child. Um, you're learning how to shift all your your triggers. We, we call it trigger work. Um, and shifting, you know, shifting is really um, extremely important. So you like you don't. There comes a point where you don't want to wallow in your grief anymore. You know, you don't want to get stuck there. You want to shift out of it. Okay. So it's a matter of we call it deconstructing old earth paradigms about death and about grief that have been ingrained in us since we were children and reconstructing new neural pathways, right? Which I, I have done and I'm doing. It's an incredible amount of work, um, but it, it, it's effective. Yeah. It's effective. Um, I would say about that too, is that, uh, and Nikki and I talked a little bit about this is that most of our spiritual formation happens as children, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we were taken to church, whatever our parents believed in, um, we learned things in, uh, Sunday school. If, if you had that experience, um, and then we become adults, but our thought, our belief system often is stuck back in like that seven, eight, nine, ten year old brain. You know, we have that image of God, whatever we learned. And and so I love what you're saying because it's it's it it runs parallel with with my beliefs that you know we have to almost like learn, relearn mm-hmm. and have an adult relationship with the sacred, you know, whatever that is for us, God, Jesus, you know, right, um, Mother Earth, whatever whatever you yep. want to call it. And so finding your truth, which Nikki talks about, and I think mm-hmm. that's what you're leaning towards, is that yes. you can find out what it is for you, like what resonates for you as an adult. Um, mm-hmm. and, and especially after, you know, when you're grieving. Um, and is that what you're talking about? You have to sort of find out what your truth is. You do. And it's not necessarily something that has been handed to you and you have to accept with a leap of faith, like a leap of faith. It worked for me before, but it, you know, wasn't working for me now. So yes, the first thing is to find your truth and to find your truth. You have to, you have to dig in and you have to research. And we were chatting earlier that I'm a very, very, very left brain. Like I need, I need scientific evidence. So even though Chris was sending me signs, I needed to know more. I needed to know what it was like where he is and you know exactly how does this happen and so i i studied quantum physics i studied metaphysics i studied all the scientific evidence of near-death experiences scientifically tested mediums after-death communication soul planning um i mean there's years of painstaking research that is done on all of this i hadn't i had no idea that this was done And, um, I mean, I must've read like 80 books and that did you find Kathy, what was your takeaway from all of it? That I was able to quiet. Well, there's for sure an afterlife. There's no, I have no doubt. Um, it quieted my left brain Mm -hmm. and my left brain accepted it. And then I was able to grow spiritually. You know, I was, I, I was, my brain was able to allow myself to now have these experience, these profound experiences with Chris that, and that's another thing is to go from thinking that there's an afterlife to, to believing that there is one. And then to knowing, to Mm. know, to really knowing, I believe that's hard to come by unless you go through an experience like this and you have these incredible experiences. So now I kind of, I live in my knowing um, which has been, you know, quite the journey. It's been quite the journey. What an awakening. <laughs> it's been an awakening. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we talked a little bit before we went on the air about, um, you know, moving from the headspace and living out of the heart space and headspace being that intellectual sort of that ego part of saying, well, things are black and white. And my heart space says, no, there's mystery beyond mystery about life. Mm-hmm. And I'm open to that and I'm open to receiving it. And I, I think um, that we often miss 
the mystery of life, the coincidences, the signs, the, you know, um, uh, you know, having sort of a dream or, or seeing something in a meditation and then seeing it in the real life mm-hmm. solidifies it where we would just discount that. Oh, isn't that funny that there's that path and I saw that in a dream, but, but then there's, if I unpack it and I have eyes for it, and if I trust in the mystery of it, then mm-hmm. I realize, oh, well, there's a message. I'm on the right path. Like Nikki and I talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Would you agree yeah. with that of a living sort of into this, that life is, is mysterious and in this way, and that we don't have a full understanding, at least in our earth suits of, of, right. of what that is? Yeah. What we have here is our five senses and there's so much more than that. And I, I'm just so lucky to have found Nikki because she she knew I was very left brain, right? So she she provided a lot of this material for me to study and a lot of suggestions and kind Those of gave some me, of the tasks that she gave you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, homework. Lots of homework. homework. Yeah. <laughs> and she kind of laid out the path for me, you know, because. I, I, my brain works differently than your brain, which works differently than her brain. Um, that was going to get me to where I am today. And I'm, you know, it's, it's a, this is a lifelong journey, Pam. Like this is, I'm not like, oh, I've arrived and here I am and everything's great. I mean, it's a lot better. I'm doing a, a process, lot better. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, it's a lot of self-work. It's yeah. a lot of self-work and it's a lot about, okay, well, here I am. And like, who do, who do I want to be today now? And who do I want to be going forward? I mean, it kind of, this experience just kind of wipes your slate clean, mm-hmm. you know, and, and makes you reevaluate, you know, who you are and, and where you're headed. And, and I, and I'm working on that with her as well. Um, Would you but just to have it? somebody say like, Oh my, you know, and just to go back a little bit in the early grief groups, nobody would say like, this gets better. Like nobody. And, and Nikki is a living proof that it does. And when someone says to me, Pam, this gets better. Kathy, this gets better. What does that offer me? That offers me hope. hope. And that's, that's, that's what Nikki's offering people that are grieving, whether you lost mm-hmm. a child or um, a loved one. Um, she's offering hope in the midst of unbearable or unimaginable grief. And that is the light that gets in that opens us up for this transformation. Um, yes. I think often that fear blocks us from growing. We're afraid to look inside or we're afraid to, um, to, to try new things or, or to anything's different or out of the ordinary of what we were taught when we were six or five. Yeah. That this fear blocks us. But what I've learned um, and, and maybe you can affirm this, is that there is this incredible amount of freedom and strength that I gain from growth, from spiritual growth about my own self and my, my journey, which is also a process, a process, a process. Um, would you agree with that, that once you can get over the fear of this, you know, unusual or different ways of approaching grief, um, then, you know, what society has taught us that there, there is freedom. hundred percent. I mean, I feel like it's just, you, you become so much more authentic mm. and, and you have this inner strength and this inner power, your priorities change, you know, you're not so involved in the material world anymore. Um, I mean, that's all important, right? You have to pay your bills, but you're just not taken in by all of that anymore. You just, you realize that there's this, this bigger power out there um, that wants you to be happy and wants you to succeed. Mm. And you, and you learn how to tap into that. And um, I mean, having had, having the knowledge that Chris is with me all the time is so, it's so empowering. Can you tell me just a little bit about that? Um, How do you feel he's with you? Like what, what, how is he connecting? Um, You know, what, what is he offering and, and, and how are you receiving that? Um, Very, very powerfully. (laughs) So, um, 
he uh, he does a million things, Pam. It's like, you know, I, I might write a book. I mean, seriously, yeah. like it's just incredible. And the parents, um, the parents that I am in contact with, um, and there's a lot of them, right? Because we heal in community and we feel, we all feel that our, our children were old souls. They, you know, they all, if you, you know how I just described Chris? Well, apparently there's, you know, thousands of other Chris's <laughs> that have taken off early and um, are communicating with their parents. So this is not unique. You know, to me, I think he's a very unique and special soul, of course. Um, but there seems to be quite a few of them. That, and the, the kids, they have this need to let their parents know that they're still here. Mm. Because when your grandparent passes, that's kind of the natural order of things. And of course, you miss them and you love them and you wish them well. You know, you don't have this like, overwhelming need to know that they're okay you kind of know but when your child passes you have to know you know so he does thing you know he i sent you some of the tricks that he does you know with the electricity and nature and i've heard his i've heard his voice mm. um i can hear his voice in my head he has warned me about um I told you oh, he's warned me, you know, he has uh, come into our dreams and he's told people where to find things, um, you know, like real evidence. Um, there was one time he told me, um, mom, mom, the, the baby, the baby's going to be okay. The baby's going to be okay. And I'm like, what? And uh, my nephew was having, Tom's nephew was having a baby. And I think she was like, six months pregnant. And I just kept getting this message, mom, the baby's going to be okay. The baby's going to be okay. And I'm like, okay, Chris. <laughs> like, And so we're going to a uh, surprise party for my brother-in-law and Chris is in my ear, mom, you have to tell, tell Mark the baby's going to be okay. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. They're going to think I'm crazy, right? They're going to think I'm nuts. And so we go into the party and Mark and his wife, Danielle, are standing in the right, you know, they, we w literally walk right into them. And, he, and I said, okay, guys, I'm, I, please don't think I'm your crazy Aunt Kathy, but I keep getting this message from Chris that the baby's going to be okay. And Mark was like, oh, uh, you know, that we had a doctor's appointment. We were supposed to find out the sex, but we, we couldn't find it out yet. And and I said, and I, I'm like, oh, okay, kind of relieved. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not it. It's something more serious. There's something more serious, right? And yeah. So within the week, Mark calls and says, Ann Kathy, there's a medical problem with the baby. Um, the doctor says, don't worry, you know, it should not be a problem. There's like, a, I think a 10% chance that there's going to be a problem and 90% chance that the baby's going to be okay. But that's what Chris was talking about. Mm. And, you know, that to me was like, so eye opening, because I didn't want to tell them, I thought perhaps it was my imagination. But it was so forceful and so strong that I told them this, you know, and it brought them so much comfort. So a lot, that's just one example. And, and, here, and here's the other thing, too, is that we all have this ability to listen to signs or to, you know, things that we hear and we discount it, you know, it's yeah. that ego again comes in, but the more that I have listened to that, you know, it is my compass, my life compass. And I, I've, it comes easy for me for some reason. I've sort of been like that my whole life. I've always listened to what I hear. And when I don't, I end up, you know, in trouble or going down the wrong path. Yeah. But yep. it's really important for people listening that you didn't have to lose a, a loved one to to have this gift that we right. can all we can all listen to. Oh, you know what? You should probably cut through here and go this way. Right. You know, right. Or, it's your intuition. It's your intuition. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, sometimes I used to get so mad and impatient when, you know, my husband's a little slow moving. And I'm I'm very like, OK, let's go. Let's go. I've got everything. You know, I have everything all packed up. Let's go. And when I came to realize this, that <clears throat> let let it unfold, Pam. 
you know, let the, it might be keeping me from an accident or, you know, I mean, I'm much more at ease in my body and in my life about that and listening to that. So it's, it's such an important way that we communicate with, you know, God or, you know, or, or Chris talks to you that way. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and not just me. Um, can I tell another yeah, story? Yeah. I mean, I could tell a million. So this will be my last one. <clears throat> so my daughter. This is what Karen, people want to hear. <laughs> okay. Oh, there's so many. Um, my daughter, Caroline, um, is a senior in college and she lost her college ID. And um, she was frustrated with herself because she's done that a few times. And she turned her room over looking for it looked in her backpack, looked, looked in drawers, every, every, you name it, she, she looked. And then she went to bed and she was very frustrated. And Chris came to her in her dreams and he's actually showed up in a, all of our dreams with information. And um, he was like the typical- real, real quick before you finish, um, how does he look when you- He see- looks amazing. Amazing, yeah. He looks- happy, healed, and whole. And he, um, he looks just like he did. Um, but you know, he had lost his hair through treatment he has a full head of hair. Um, he just, he just looks incredible. But for people who are listening that have those night visits, I call them, or those mm-hmm. dreams of a loved one that has, that has passed, mm-hmm. that they're usually very vivid and bright and that's, yes. Oh yeah. And it's not like a dream that you kind of forget the next day. It's very, like, yes, it stays with it, you. It stays with you. So, so he, kind of, he, he says, and they have a very older brother, younger sister, you know, he's extremely diligent and organized and on top of things. Right. And, and so he was like, Caroline, like kind of scolding her, you know, you didn't lose your ID. It's like in this corner pocket, in this wedged in behind another card, blah, blah, blah. And so she says she gets out of bed and it, it's exactly, it's exactly where he said it was. Wow. And she was just like, mom, like it, it was, it, like he's with us. Like, mm. so. And again, that goes back to that. We as a family is that you are all in this together and what peace and comfort for Carolyn to have that experience and to know that, yeah. that she's, you know, that her brother is, is still with her. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, over, sense, but wow. over and every day, Pam. And um, my parents just, yeah. And this, this made me really excited because I feel like now he's really reaching out to others in the family. Mm-hmm. My parents um, sent me a picture yesterday that, because as you know, he's really playing with the lights in my house. I've sent you yeah. some, you know, like, like a disc, like a disco, like a light show. It's not just a flicker. It's like, you know, and the lights are on by the way, when this happens. Yeah. And, um, so my mom said the other day, she was like, you know, got one of my light videos and was like, how is, how is Chris doing this? She's thinking to herself, how is he doing it? And with that, the, the, the lights in their China closet turned on they didn't even know they had any lights in their china closet. They never knew that there was a switch in there. And my dad took a picture of it because so oh. they were both there and they were like, thanks, Chris. Like, mm-hmm. so I, that made me so happy that and <clears throat> it's like he knew what he knew my mom was wondering. And she needed, doing this? yes, and she her her brain, you know, that intellectual part needed that affirmation or that um, yeah. You know, what's interesting too is that uh, I taped a podcast with my Talking Joy team, which is a group of moms, and we talk about the spiritual life together. And we talked about um, uh, about loss, and it happened to be the, we taped it the week that uh, of Chris's funeral. Mm-hmm. And somebody in my group knows you and and knows knows Chris and said that they asked you, you know, how you were doing and you said that you were doing okay and that you had seen a sign that um, you asked Chris for a sign and that a deer, you know, was outside the kitchen window right after you asked, like maybe a buck or a big deer. Um, and I ha- I never aired that podcast because I, I just, we dedicated it to Chris, but I hadn't talked to you about it and it wasn't about him. It was really just about, you know, how can you 
and as a friend, like, how can I help you, Kathy? Like, I can't take your grief away, but I so badly want to do something. And aside from making you dinner, you know, how can I be there for you? And I talked about how one of my tools is that I always wait for a month or two before I send a condolence note, because I figure, well, that's the time where everybody else is getting back to their normal life. And then you're stuck with your grief. And maybe I can offer you a little bit of hope um, with some kind words. Um, but anyway, I re-listened to that podcast this fall and I out on I was out on a run in the woods and right at the point in the podcast where this woman was talking about the deer that you saw, mm-hmm. the deer popped onto my path and literally ran, you know, scared the bejesus out of me, but ran <laughs> alongside me for for a while. Yeah. It was bizarre. I've never had an experience yeah. with that in my life. And I was like, whoa, think, and yeah. I had to stop. Like I couldn't even breathe, yeah. but I was like, think about the synchronicity of that. You know, we talked about you, you saw the sign of a deer. I'm listening to this old podcast, which I sometimes do. I go out for a run and listen to podcasts, you know, and kind of reanalyze them with different ears. And, and here I am listening to it, trying to decide if I'm going to air it. And here's this deer running alongside me. Yeah. And I was like, and I had been thinking about reaching out to you about interviewing you and, and, and how there you was your answer. And, there was, <laughs> was, and, but see, I could have missed that. I could have been just like, yeah. Oh, what a weird, but I feel like that was a sign mm-hmm. and you, when I reached out to you, you were so open about share and excited about sharing all of this. And I just thank you for that because I really think that this can offer a lot of people hope. And, and that's what I want to do. And that's kind of my next chapter. Chris has told me is, is to help others. Mm. And so I'm, and, and you are, and this is the first step in that, I think, because um, Nikki says that her groups are different because she offers people hope. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a grief group. She said it's a healing group based on hope. Exactly right. hundred percent. That you don't pain feed each other. Right. Um, she offers you tangible tasks and tools, bridge tools to mm-hmm. move to the next level, to that next step in the grief process. Yes. And, and, and I would add to that, you know, we do allow each other to be vulnerable. It's not like we're like, you know, Pam, stop crying. <laughs> you know, we, of course, of course, you're going to cry, of course. And she encourages that. But she also encourages moving forward, you know, with tools, not while, not wallowing in it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I think that's a, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's the key to this is Mm -hmm. that, um, and then she's offering you tools to things that you may never have heard of before or done before, like seeing a psychic medium, um, which doesn't tell you your future. A psychic medium connects you with your loved ones that have crossed over. And I never, I never would have done that. I, and I, trust me, I researched the ones that I, that I saw. I, they, I, I made sure they were tested. Yeah. You know, um, I've, I've it's unbelievable. It blows the doors off. They they tell you the, right. They tell you thing, a good, a good one. I mean, there's lots of charlatans out there, right? A good one will tell you things nobody could know. Nobody no, not could researching, know. not looking at some right. obituary. And if they have time for all that and they're seeing somebody on the hour every hour, then, you know, I, I just, yeah, I think always word of mouth, always through a friend. If somebody knows you and they're listening to this, they could ask yeah. you, um, you know, that advice or, or somebody could reach out to me or Nikki and ask yeah. for advice. Um, yeah. And you don't have to spend, you know, at the, the first one I went to, I spent $600. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I didn't know. I had no idea. And she was actually excellent. She was excellent. Yeah. But you don't need to spend that. There's there's a lot that um, want to do it as a service. Mm-hmm. They want to use their, their talent as a service to help others. And they don't charge that kind of money. Yeah. So And that to me is somebody who is living their purpose, sharing their gift authentically, that yes. yes, of course, I need to pay my bills, but mm-hmm. my sole purpose is is to help others and to you know give people hope in the yes. midst of um, yeah you know. But you also get to the point where you don't really need that as much anymore because you you have the connection with your loved one. It's just learning how to develop that and to listen. I mean, it's nice to get that validation 
you know, and I certainly do every once in a while, but you get to the point where you don't, you don't need to have that third party. That's a really good point. And I'm glad that you brought that up because um, when things are new to me and I'm thinking, oh, it's a little too mysterious or a little too different, um, that that person can be a bridge mm-hmm. to opening yeah. an awakening because we all have this ability. Mm-hmm. That person can be a bridge. But what Nikki was saying is don't get stuck there. Don't lean right. too hard on those things because you can do it yourself. You can. Um, and that's you absolutely can. Yeah. yeah. And yet, you know, it's it's something that you have to put a lot of time into and you have to learn because it's a different language Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's out of your comfort zone a little bit, but once you do, it's so well worth it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kathy. I mean, this has been an absolute privilege. I mean, you and I have talked a lot um, over the last couple of uh, months or weeks, and it's really been a privilege to for you to be so open and, and to share your story with, with me personally, and also now and on this platform. Um, and I know that, um, that it's good work and that you're offering, you know, people, people that hope that, that Nikki is talking about. And, and I think that that's one of our purposes in life is that, you know, we, we have experiences and then we grieve it we heal a little bit. And when we share it, that see, that even offers more healing. I mean, I'm, I don't know how you feel, but I know oh. when we share the, there, it, it does something for me too. Uh, you know, I think, and Nikki has told me this, and so is Chris, that part of my healing is to carry it forward and to help others. And, and you know, you know to, to waste this experience, you know, with, it would be awful. Right. So I'm, I fully, and I'm, I'm helping Nikki out a bit. I fully intend to use it to help others. Well, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy your book when you write it. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I, we'll see about you that. You said but. it out loud. It's happening. So. Uh, <laughs> not yet, not yet, but yeah, but I'm, so, I'm so grateful that we connected Pam. I really am. I am. Um, so happy that it worked out and um, that you gave me the opportunity to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a blessing for me and it, it's changed how I'm seeing things too. I mean, I, you know, I told you my mom died 30 years ago, but, um, but I still like, I'm, I'm seeing things and I'm not discounting them as much as I would have since you and I have been talking. And so you've, you've blessed me too in, you know, in the conversations that we've had. So. Oh, I'm happy. So I would invite people to be open, don't discount things, trust your instincts and listen, look, you know, be present to the mystery of, of all that is life. I'm Pam Rotelli Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at TalkingJoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.